I just want to come to you and acknowledge that although we may feel like meetings like this are just something we must do, we recognize that there's great wisdom in gathering together and discussing how important it is for us to teach our children. And we're praying that in this time we would feel the urgency and we would feel the need and we'd feel the desire to grow closer to you so that we can be better teachers of the kids and the youth at this church. Uh, Father, help us to have wisdom, help us to know what to say, help us to know the things to say that would be helpful in this time together. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so first of all, let me say this. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I, I think that you guys, I'll be a little closer here. Um, I think that you guys have probably the most important job in the church, to teach children or to teach youth. There's really nothing more important in terms of what we're trying to do as a church. If we're trying to reach non-believers, as I've said time and time again, we have a ton of them that meet in that wing at 11 o'clock or at three o'clock on the Sundays that we meet at 2.30, right? So what you guys are doing is of great value. Uh, So that said, I just want you to know from the elder's perspective that we are really grateful for what you do to serve this church. Honestly, it's so important. So please know that you have our full support and that we are just so grateful for you. So the question I'd like for us to consider today is simply this. How do you serve at church on Sundays and not get burnt out? Or to ask it another way, how can we be refreshed at church when we are teaching a bunch of crazy three-year-olds? All right, um, when I was in LaGrange, Kentucky, once a month we would serve in the nursery for the two and three-year-olds, and usually it was Tony and I and about 15 crazy two or three-year-olds. And I have to say that was the most exhausting hour of my life. And so when I say um, I know that it can be draining, I'm not just speaking theoretically, I'm speaking out of experience, okay? And so my question is, How can you serve in the roles that you are? Uh, Maybe for you it's not two and three-year-olds. Maybe it's uh, fourth-grade boys. Someone was telling me today they taught fourth-grade boys and they had quite the experience. I don't doubt that, right? So um, the question is, how can we do that and not be burnt out? Uh, So I know this isn't something that I've just thought about before. This is a question I've heard from people before. Like uh, They'll say, well, you know, when I come to church on Sunday, uh, usually it's refreshing, but when I serve, it doesn't feel refreshing at all. So let me just say a couple of things here. Um, One is this, that if you have the instinct that coming to church should be refreshing, I think you have the right instinct. In fact, let me read from Hebrews 10 here. Uh, If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If, If not, that's fine. You can just listen along too. Hebrews chapter 10, there's a passage I think is really important for us to understand here as it relates to what we're talking about today. So Hebrews 10, uh, verse 24, says this. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. All right, so there are a couple of things I want you to see in that Hebrews 10 passage. One is that we're not to neglect meeting together. And so meeting together, Sunday should be a priority for you. Gathering together with the church should be a priority. Here's the other thing, is that coming together, according to this passage, should encourage us and spur us on in the Lord. And so if you're under the impression that when you come to church, you should be encouraged and you should be refreshed, I think you're on the right track. I think that you should be encouraged and you should be refreshed. The fact is that oftentimes during the week we get worn down and we get discouraged, especially as it relates to our walks with Christ. And our times on Sunday should be a time of rejuvenation. Right? Um, we talk about this with Newer Hope, that uh, the idea of Newer Hope is that we would grow in our faith, and then wherever we end up, we would be like a slingshot. We would be sent out, and we would be ready to go. Well, it's the same idea on Sundays, right? That, that we come together, and that we encourage each other, and then we slingshot out into the rest of the week. 
So you should be refreshed when you leave on Sunday. Um, Oftentimes, I hope this is exactly what happens. In fact, I hear people say this on a regular basis. They say things like um, how refreshed they were after after coming together for Sunday, or they say things about how they were refreshed to study the Word in a Bible study. Right? That's not surprising when people say things like that. It's not surprising when they say, I was so refreshing to come to care group because this is exactly what should happen according to Hebrews 10 is that we should be refreshed when we gather together. And that time of refreshment should spur us on as we face another week. Uh, so the question is, though, can all of that happen on a Sunday when you are serving with those crazy, crazy kids? Right? Can you still be refreshed and can you still be spurred on? So... Um, uh, maybe for some of you, it's teaching others, it's ministering others, attending meetings, all these things, right? So it's not just teaching that I'm talking about. It's all the activities that take place. And that's a really important question, one that I think that gets at the heart of what's supposed to happen when we get together. As corporate worship times, <clears throat> when we meet for corporate worship times, we're meant to be poured into. I hope you realize that's what's supposed to happen when we come together for church. We're supposed to be poured into. But on the other hand, we're also supposed to be pouring out. And so the question is, when you come to church on Sunday, should you be pouring out or should you be getting poured into? And the answer to that question is yes. It's both, I think. I think that you should both have a desire when you come together on Sundays to get poured into, but I think you should also have a desire to get poured or to pour out and to pour into other people. And so let me actually make that argument from Scripture, okay? So if you have your Bibles again, turn to Acts chapter 2. Okay, so I'm going to contend from Scripture that you should have a desire to be poured into. Okay, that that should be something that should happen when you gather on Sundays. Part of the reason I said that is because of what happened when the early church gathered together. In Acts 2, this is what we read, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Clearly, there is an element where they are being poured into. And part of the reason we know this is because in Acts and in the rest of the New Testament, they talk about some who are set apart for the task of teaching. In fact, just a few chapters later in Acts 7, you may remember that they have to form deacons because the main apostles were being distracted from teaching and prayer. So teaching has always been a huge priority in the church, and it should be a priority here. Coming together should mean that we should get poured into, right? That there should be an element where we are being taught. But listen, the church, when we come together, we're also meant to pour out so we're meant to be poured into, we're meant to pour out. 1 Corinthians 12, you can turn there again if you have your Bibles. 1 Corinthians 12, all right, verses 4 to 7. So I think based on Acts, based on the rest of the New Testament, we say, yes, you should be poured into, but I think we can also say, yes, you should be pouring out. Verse 4, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, there's, uh, the rest of that chapter is all about spiritual gifts. There's no way that those gifts could be for the common good unless they were being exercised with the body of Christ. All right, so I think you can make the argument from 1 Corinthians 12 that when you come together, you should be using your gifts to bless others. So we have this tension, right? When you come to church, when you come here on Sunday, you should want to be poured into, but you should also want to pour out. And here's the important thing I think you need to understand is that both should be refreshing. Both should be refreshing. Not just the pouring into, but also the pouring out should be refreshing. When we're being poured into and we're being taught about Christ, and this should be happening from the pulpit, but it should also be happening in our everyday conversations, that should be refreshing. Uh, It should be like, uh, I've heard a pastor describe it this way, that it should be like a stream in a dry and weary land. And he took that from, I think, Isaiah. Um, It's this idea that we're in a barren wasteland and we need the word of God to replenish us. 
In Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 37, there's these dry bones. If you've never read Ezekiel, you should read that passage. It's really cool. There's these dry bones, and the prophet goes and speaks the word of God to them, and they come alive. And so this is what should happen, is we should come together, and when the word is spoken, it should bring life to us. So um, no doubt when we're being poured into, that should be refreshing. But I would also argue that when we're pouring ourselves out for the sake of Christ, this too should be refreshing. When the church gathers together, we're not just meant to be consumers. We're not just meant to be consumers. We're also meant to be people who build up the body. Now, I would say this. If a person isn't getting poured into at all, in other words, um, you're always serving, right? And you're never having the word poured into you. And, and you're never listening to the sermon. You're never part of, of what's happening here during the worship service on Sunday. And you're never being spoken into. I would say that is not wise. It's not wise. If you're never getting poured into, that is unwise. But I would also, on the other, I would argue on the other hand, that if you're never pouring out, that is not wise either. Meaning, if you just come here every Sunday and you just sit and listen, but you never engage in ministry, that's not wise either. Now, the fact that you're here as part of this group, I assume that that's not true for you, right? I assume that you're serving in some way. But I would say both extremes we want to avoid. We want to make sure that we're using our gifts to build up the body, but we're also wanting to make sure that we're getting poured into. And both should be refreshing. Both should be refreshing. All right, so I just want you to know that the Bible set that up so that when you serve, although, yes, it may be tiring, it should be refreshing to you because you remember, I'm using my gifts to benefit the body of Christ. Now, you may have a different feeling when you sit in worship than when you teach the three-year-olds. I, I will grant you that, okay? The refreshing may feel radically different, but you should feel a sense in which you're being used for the glory of God. Okay, so next time when you're teaching the wild third graders, or as I learned today, the wild fourth graders, remember that serving is refreshing. And the next time, uh, for that matter, on the other hand, that you find yourself maybe nodding off during a sermon, remember that being poured into should be refreshing also. Not to say that any of you would ever nod off in a sermon. I'm just saying theoretically that could happen, right? Don't allow yourself to think that either one is unnecessary. They are both necessary. If you are going to do everything you can to fight burnout, And if you're going to avoid stagnation in the faith, you need both, right? The pouring into is what allows you to pour out. And so um, I would just encourage you, make sure, one one of the things I would say is this, that, for example, when you know that you are going to teach that week, make sure that that passage is not just a chore for you to do. Make sure that that passage ministers to you first. And so um, one just really practical piece of advice, um, the best way to prepare for a message is not to do it in the 30 minutes right before the class comes into the classroom. And, and I know that um, you've probably heard that before, but let me tell you why that's not the wisest thing. And, and listen, I know that busyness happens. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there may be some weeks where you have to do that, okay? But for the vast majority of the time, that's not a wise course of action. Here's why. If you are going to teach, and if you are going to tell these kids about the great news of Jesus Christ, that truth has to have first impacted you. And in order for it to soak in and saturate, you need to have spent time that week just meditating on it and thinking about it. Listen, the fact is, on weeks where I have not been convicted about the passage, my preaching is going to be inferior, right? On weeks where the passage has impacted me, that's where I'll preach as if I'm really alive. And the same is true for you as you teach. And so if you're just preparing at the last minute, throwing together, you don't allow the time for you to soak in what the Word says. The other thing I would say is this, that that oftentimes uh, if you're in that kind of rush, you don't even get a chance to come and sing with the church during that time. And that's something you need too, where you are being poured into just through the words that you're singing, right? And then lastly, I would just say this, um, if you prepare ahead of time, 
It will keep you from feeling uh, frantic, and it will allow you to be more refreshed. And so one of the practical things I can say about being refreshed as you serve is that the more prepared you are, the more refreshing it will be. When I've felt unprepared for messages, that's when I've always felt the most frantic. But when I've felt prepared and when the word is ministered to me first, that's when I always feel like the most refreshed, even as I'm serving. And so I just encourage you on a very practical note, um, just one way you can avoid getting burnout is to allow the word not to be a chore, but to allow it to minister to you first. So it's just something to keep in mind as you minister. You don't want to be burnout, but you also don't want to be stagnant. And so you need to be poured into, but you also need to pour out. All right, uh, let me pray and then I'm going to shift gears here. Uh, Father, we, we know that uh, it's so easy to get burnt out. I know, that, I know that ministry can be really exhausting. And so I'm praying that you would keep us from burnout. But I also pray that you keep us from stagnation. And so help us to have this healthy balance of being poured into, but also pouring out. Um, Father, we, as always, ask your help because we know that we need it. We know that we need your help. And so help us this school year as we minister to these kids. We pray, first of all, that there will be kids in our church this year who come to know Christ as their Savior and Lord. May we never forget that's our goal. May we never forget that the goal is not just to teach a sermon. The goal is to help our kids see the beauty of Christ. May we never forget that. Keep us uh, from being stagnant. Keep us growing in our faith. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, one other thing that we just wanted to address, uh, I, I know that we've had some questions about this, so I just wanted to just kind of speak honestly with you about one of the things that we've asked of teachers this year, and that's with regards to background checks. Uh, we, we've had a few people who have asked us about that, and so uh, I just want to say from the start, we are not being reactive here. Uh, we're being proactive. In other words, what I mean by that is that we don't have any concerns or we don't have any fears or any reason to assume that there's someone that we should be concerned about who's working with our kids. Uh, this is not a matter of reaction. This is a matter of being proactive and just making sure that as our church grows, we are putting policies in place to protect our children. Um, the fact is that while many of you have been here for a lot of years and we feel like we know you fairly well, as our church grows and more people come in, we won't know their history. And we have a responsibility as a church, biblically, to protect the defenseless and the needy. And one of those things is our children. And so let me, let me just tell you why this issue matters to me personally. Um, when I first, and I mentioned a little bit of this last year when we first brought this up, but when we first moved to Amarillo, there was a family at our church who's... Um, two daughters had been sexually abused at another church in town. <clears throat> and um, what broke my heart is that these girls ended up not staying at the church long because they just couldn't imagine a situation where they would want to have anything to do with Christianity if what happened to them at that other church could happen to them. And so um, they ended up, as far as I know, never returning to church. They're quite a bit older now, and I think that they have since uh, have nothing to do with Christianity. And part, a, hard, <clears throat> excuse me, a large part of it is what happened at that church. Um, on the other side of the coin, what happened to that, the church where that happened is lawsuits galore. I mean, it was just a gigantic mess, and they were in a huge, huge trouble because they had not put proper steps in place to protect the children in their church. They had not done the proper things to do everything they can. We are not saying that background checks will protect our kids, but we are saying that it's a proper step to put in place to make sure we do everything we can to avoid that type of thing happening. I would never want a child to grow up in this church, have something happen here, and then them renounce the gospel of Jesus Christ because we didn't do everything we could. And, and um, I'll, I'll tell you too why it's really, it's a personal thing for me is that I have family members who have been sexually abused. And I know 
how terrible it is. And so, um, listen, I'm not saying that these background checks are like the, you know, we know that things could still happen. But I think um, I have a particular heart just to make sure we do everything we can to protect our kids, especially as we have more people coming in that we don't know as well. And as you know, we, we very well can say to the newcomers, you have to fill it out. We don't trust you. We trust these other people. We can't do that. And so that's why we're instituting a, a, a policy for everyone. Um, I hope you can understand that. I hope you understand our heart in that. It's not to be um, getting into more information. We're not trying to get personal information. We've just asked a couple of things from you. Just so you know, the elder team, we were the first ones to fill out the background checks. So we're not asking you to do something that we haven't done. Um, we've all, and just so you know, ours all came back clear, okay? Um, <laughs> you'd probably be happy to know that. Um, it, this information will not be shared with anyone outside of the elder team. Um, in fact, most of them, I haven't even seen. Um, che has done most of the background checks. Just in, we, we have a company that we work with in Oklahoma, and so we uh, give the information to them, and they give it back to us. Um, if you do have concerns about that, please please set up a time for us to talk to you about that. Um, listen, I, I, we have a responsibility biblically to protect our children, but also we have a responsibility to make sure that um, even from just a practical standpoint that we are doing everything to make sure that we are covering ourselves as a church from legal ramifications as well. My first concern is that we protect kids, right? But also, if you've heard about churches that you would respect and love, there have been all kinds of issues that have come up with sexual abuse in the church recently that has completely ruined the church from the gospel witness, but also just financially. And so um, part of the reason that's happening is because they hadn't put proper steps in place. And so again, hear me, we're not being reactive we don't have any concerns. We're not, we're not worried that this is happening. We're being proactive. So um, if anyone has any questions or concerns, um, please come find us afterwards and we'll be happy to address that. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me end on a real positive note. You have the best job in the church. You get to tell people, you get to tell little kids, in some case older kids for those of you working with youth, you get to tell them about the greatest news there is about Jesus Christ. So remember, next time you're preparing a lesson, you're not just preparing a lesson. You are getting to share the greatest piece of news ever. And it may be that Sunday that a child realizes for the first time that they are a sinner and they need Christ. And that makes everything you're doing worthwhile. So don't forget that. Don't forget that that may happen next Sunday. And don't forget that as you prepare, that's what you're praying for, that God would work through those kids. All right. Uh, Christine, anything else that we need to cover? Okay, great. Does everyone know where they're going for the meetings? If not, I don't know, so you need to talk to Christine. Um, but let's go ahead and dismiss to our individual classes here. Again, if you have any questions about anything I said today, please come find me. Thanks.